here we go fall of 2020 this is the 1080 outdoors podcast land management series where our main focus is pursuing the truth for everyday hunters like you. I wouldn't say it's kind of an FU, it's definitely an FU. Chronicle and document how our season's going and give you real-time updates, overall land management practices. You have to find a way to hunt big buck where they are. Welcome to the 1080 Outdoors podcast. This episode is an interview with Sean Lundy of Drury Outdoors going over his season um, so far, why Oklahoma is a sleeper whitetail state, um, struggles of the early season bachelor groups, and what it's like to be a Drury team member, and then the big one uh, for you guys right now is end of October strategies, and I think we got into a, a cool subject about how, how to be a really good hunting dad, and uh, just some of the issues that we see in the hunting industry so far. So Sean's a, a cool, really cool dude. Um, he's a cop on his day job. And he hooked up with Drury Outdoors now for a couple of years. So we kind of we go into what that's like and what that's how awesome it is being a part of a, a group of people like that. Um, and Sean also just lays down awesome footage and, and lays down really big bucks and turkeys. So we have a ton to talk about with him. Most importantly, first though, on this Monday, um, we are going to go over this week, the week, this week's hunting report. And it is, oof. It's hard to beat this week. If you're on some deer right now, if you're on the bucks right now, this is the best week, I think, um, to kill specific deer of the year right now. Um, last, last, I think the last 10 days of October is really good, but I, th- I think these last five, five or so days, this last week should be amazing. So we're talking about October 26th through November 1st, um, and it's here. It's officially here, guys. We've been talking about it all year. Um, you build up to this. You, obviously, you try to get the job done before um, what we're about to go through, but now we're in it. We have we've officially entered the grind where the more hours spent in a tree stand, the better. And um, I'll be honest with you that, that that's what that's what gives people success right now. Um, you know, we can go over a lot of the things that you need to be focusing on right now, but <clears throat> legitimate time in the stand it's it's a little bit different than what we've talked about all year round where everything should be very calculated everything should be very um thought through um honestly right now i think it could happen anytime anywhere now there is some things that we've done in the past and had success with in the past that is could possibly help you out with this week um but we're moving in to a beautiful week and and if you're a moon believer uh, this this is setting up perfectly. So you're looking at the weather here. We just got snow in south southwest Wisconsin. Honestly, this morning, Monday morning, is about as prime as it gets. Um, and unfortunately, I'm, I'm in the office working, but got to take some days off. Got to get it done. So let's take a look here. Weather-wise, we're dealing with a cold, cold stretch here, and it looks like we're going to get past that. So you got a high of 35 Monday here, Tuesday 38, Wednesday 48, Thursday 46, 48 on Friday, 55 on Saturday, and 47 on Sunday. Um, now, a lot of people would complain about that. I honestly, I'm not because we've had such cold ruts recently in recent memory that I'm okay with um, this, honestly. So 
if I can get my computer to quit being weird. What sticks out to me weather-wise right now, um, we're in the middle of a really high-pressure um, front here. It's going to peak out on Tuesday over Monday into Tuesday overnight, 30.45. So that's why this week, this past weekend was so good. Um, as far as what we've seen hunting, we haven't been getting in on much recently. It was honestly a slow weekend for us. I think I'm, I'm just missing, missing the groups by a little bit here. Um, and I kind of, we go through this a lot, this, these last couple weeks where it feels like you're out of the game and it just takes the right sighting. So I've been spending a lot of time driving around trying to find, um, where this early rut action is taking place. Um, I think that's, I would say that's the biggest key for this week. If you see something on your cameras, you have, if you have cell cams or, or something to lead you to believe that there might be a hot doe in an area, um, just because you, you see all of a sudden you have six, seven bucks on your camera overnight. I would act on that as quickly as I can because there will be dough coming into heat early here this week. And then there, those things are about as powerful as, um, I think Sean and I talk about this in an interview actually about as powerful as a late season dough that comes into heat randomly. Um, so, you know, when we look into the, like <clears throat> the third through like the 14th, you know, there's a, most of the does in the area coming into heat in our area, you know, it, that shifts if you go south a little bit, shifts if you go north a little bit. Um, but for the most part, there's that general 10 to 14 day air period where uh, a lot of the population of doe is going to heat. That's what we call lockdown. That's why it gets difficult to hunt during that time. But right now, we are on the cusp of um, something happening. So there's going to be a doe that pops early here this week. And if you can get on that action, you will have one of the better days of your life sitting in a tree, honestly. Um, all right, so looking at the weather... We have significant kind of drop off between Wednesday and Thursday on pressure, and then it jumps and jump back up Friday morning, Friday afternoon. Friday looks like a pretty good day. It dives back down on Saturday when it's supposed to be 55, and then shoots way back up on Sunday with a high of 47. Um, so that's that's kind of interesting in the way in the sense that we're having kind of a yo-yo effect on the pressure there. So I think something. Um, I think that's only positive, honestly. All right, let's take a look here. And then I'd say from there, I, I'm i looking at the wind switch. So what we've, we've been dealing with right now is a, a ton of norths, a ton of norths in a row here. So, like, I've been stuck hunting north stands for, like, I feel like 10 days. And we're going to get that switch on Tuesday. So because of Tuesday, you're, we're losing the pressure. So the front, the cold front's moving away. Wednesday's going to come in warmer, warmer air, but we're getting that south switch during the day on Tuesday. So I think Tuesday I would put on the list as almost number one. I think Monday right now is a really good day to be out there. But if I had to select, I'm, I'm really eyeing tomorrow. That southwest wind, first south in a long time. And that south will hang on through Wednesday kick back to the north on Thursday, and then we're going to get a strong south on Friday, which, um, all right, so top <clears throat> three days, I'd say Friday number one, because we're going to get a kick back to the south with high pressure, with um, decent temperatures too. You're going to be able to sit and stand a long time. Um, and Tuesday number two, and then Sunday looks to be pretty good. We're going to kick back to the north. Saturday looks to be pretty windy and warm, so um, 
you can hang in the stand, hang in the stand. Halloween, a lot of things happen. It's hard to, it's hard to really say now, because um, like I said, if the weather does not matter, if you get a doe that pops right now, it really doesn't. So big things I'm looking at right now is cut cornfields seem to be really hot still, and I've been seeing some movement back into the beans. So you get those doe groups who are hitting the beans; those are good places to to get eyes on observation sets to see if there's any type of early rut activity. Um, and you, know, you start seeing mature bucks out in these fields with these does feeding, um, bumping around. You might be it might be one of those things you get in there the next morning. Um, other than that, I think the overall goal is time the tree stand. Um, being smart, look at those funnels, look at those pitch, pinches. Um, you know, think about how these deer are getting from point A to point B, from bedding A to bedding, bedding B in doe areas. Um, keep an eye on those scrapes and rubs. They're, I think scrapes have completely blown open this last four to five days in our area. Um, they are hitting them. They're they're hitting them at night so far on my cameras, but I'm sure that's going to shift this week at some point. So you, you hunt those downwind sides of the scrapes. Um, and always be aware of our our wind and thermal still. because You don't want to completely ruin an area by just hunting it um, out of control. This is the important thing. This is the reason why we plan all year. Each stand still has its own rules. Follow them. Understand where your wind's going. Understand how the thermals are going to operate in that area. You know, right now is a perfect time, perfect example with these cold nights, and then we're getting sun in the mornings this whole week, where we've had a lot of cloudy activity too. But those mornings are going to get some really good thermal rise happening. Um, so think about what your thermals are doing in that situation. Think about what the wind's doing. Um, remember that these bucks are are I really see starting now that they they. <clears throat> they kind of hang tight um, that first hour before the sun comes up. I think because there's so much, you know, little buck movement, there's still tons of doe movement. And then I see once that sun gets up, the ground starts warming, thermals are rising. I do see mature bucks start getting on their feet around mid-morning now. Um, I think that's a couple different things. I think the wind and thermals, they obviously, that's the best time. Um, you hear about people tracking dogs. They like to wait until that frost starts melting in the morning because it's just the best time um, for scent. When everything's all frozen up, it seems to be a little, it must be a little bit more difficult for um, dogs to get on it. Well, deer are the same way, so those mature bucks know that. They've been through this before. They're going to hang out, let all the chaos settle down, and then they're going to get up around that 8:39. Um, I've seen a lot of action on it. So think about that. If you have a slow first hour, hour and a half in your stand in the morning, just hang tight. Um, we're going to see daylight savings time coming this weekend. So thinking about how that works. Like right now, it's I think shooting time is like around 7. So um, I would say before say daylight savings times, I like to see I, you see some movement around 9.30, um, 9 to 9.30. Once that daylight savings time happens, kick back an hour. I would just move it back an hour, 8 to 8.39. Um, <clears throat> and then once we get moving into that more, I, I think it moves back into that mid-morning even more. So what they're doing essentially is once that scent, once everything starts melting, they have the best ability to smell everything. They start moving to those bedding areas, checking um, for hot dough. All right, does that make sense? I hope so. 
overall, this is a prime time, you guys. This is the time to get your days off. It's a time to um, spend multiple hours in a tree stand. What we're looking at for next week looks like we're going to get a warm, warm series of weathers so like the 31st, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th all looks above seasonally um, um, warm. I, I, it's un, I guess it's unfortunate in some way. You're probably going to see not as much daylight movement, but we're moving the strategy to finding the hot dough. So we're just poking around, poking around, poking around. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Got the right wind for a, a stand. Don't be afraid to hunt it two days in a row. You're hunting um, a, a series of uh, an event that's going to take place. You, there's, it gets much more difficult <laughs> to predict anything that's about to happen. Um, we've been hunting. I mean, there's just I've I've seen action on every different kind of weather day um, this time of the year, but I think those what special weather events still need to be taken seriously. Maybe that's when you move into a better spot. Um, you know, maybe you observe back on some of these warmer days. Don't be afraid to stay in a vehicle, stay mobile, get eyes on something. If you have a property that you can cover, um, you know, those big egg fields with. So you just want to get an idea. And I think it's a good time for a story of last year's buck that uh, we call it big eight. I didn't, I kind of was going through the same thing I was going through right now in October where I just felt like I was out of it. I, was, I couldn't, I wasn't seeing a lot of mature bucks cameras that had kind of quieted down and uh i stayed out of the tree on a november 1st night and i uh i just drove around trying to find them on one of the properties we hunt you know pulling into field roads glassing fields and then i saw um right before dark a, a big pile of of deer with looked to be two or three mature bucks um chasing like like actual like kind of rut activity it's like all right so i i looked at the weather the next day it was a perfect win for a, a stand that was, was not too far away from that action. Um, there was a cornfield that had previously been cut, so I used that to my advantage because it was out out of sight of where um, the stand location I wanted to get to was. So I was able to sneak in there without with minimal intrusion. Um, didn't kick out really any deer in the fields. So I kind of had a, um, a thought that there might be a hot doe in there because in different cases when I've when I've um, accessed certain areas and you usually deal with deer out in these fields feeding um, and there aren't there that tells me that either for some reason I got lucky that morning and get in there or there could be a hot doe and they've been getting harassed all night so badly that they're kind of already in hiding and uh, um, we you know the hunch was right because we had one of the better days I've ever had there must have been I think we saw 10 to 12 different bucks, um, four to five different three to four year olds. Um, and then finally the four or five year old big eight that we call came working a, uh, working the downwind edge of a bedding area, catching the thermals. It was kind of, a the bedding area that these does live in is, uh, the major one is, a is, a kind of a bowl where a tornado had went through a few years ago. So it's a lot of down trees, um, open but nasty habitat, so there's not much um, canopy. Well known for for tons of doe bedding in there, and uh, he was just taking the the military crest, working the rim of that big bowl, and catching those thermals coming up out of there, hitting scrapes and rubs. And we just happened to we we're up on that we we're up uh, on the main flat point 
um, with the wind sending back over to that spine. So if you picture a spine that runs out, and let's go left and right. Um, the spine is straight ahead of you. Um, to the left, that's that's where that big bowl was. So there's a big wrapping, you know, high point, and then it drops down to this bowl. Um, and then that spine kind of runs straight out. And uh, then it drops off on the other side. Well, we're running a, um, a wind that was going off that back side. So he was he was downwind of that bedding area. We were able to see him. Um, and we grunted and snort wheezed at him. He tried to get downwind of us. Um, luckily, he was his trail he was trying to get downwind of us was only 20 yards away and he got one so it's a perfect example i was completely out of it um was actually struggling to get on mature bucks and everything i just saw saw some good sign good a good movement that night and uh, we went right in the next morning and it was game over i mean it, it happens quick uh, you you if you're two three days after a hot doe you're too late so, all right, that's enough of from me. Um, if you guys have any questions, send them in. One little announcement is I think we're getting in some tactic cam reveals this week. So if you're interested in, in getting them, I think they're 100 to $120. Um, once I get them, we can start shipping them. Um, so if you want to, uh, like I think a lot of people realize, they're pretty hard to get your hands on. I think it's taken us about two months to get a hold of them um, to actually sell. So. If you are interested in any of them, reach out to us. Um, go ahead and email Taylor at 1080, or actually Taylor.Henry at 1080outdoors.com. Um, and we can get those out to people we already have most of them claimed for, but we do have a couple left um, if you act quick. So you hear this, reach out. Uh, we should be getting these this week. Um, other than that, get out in a tree, uh, be safe. Uh, don't get lazy now because we're going to be in the grind. So don't get lazy, um, lessening your safety precautions. Um, there's none of this is worth anybody's health. Um, so be safe, uh, and send us pictures when you kill a big buck and good luck. We're in the, it's, it's, it's party time. It is absolutely party time. I'll send it over, uh, to Sean Lundy of Drury Outdoors. Um, and make sure you like and share our podcast and we appreciate everyone that's been listening all right mr sean lundy of we'll say jury outdoors we won't even list your real profession um how are you doing today sir good good glad to be on the show glad to be back I think yeah man you were one of our you were one of the og guests i think you were episode <laughs> i'll have to look it up but i think you were one of the first two or three episodes that we did a couple years ago yeah it was good good time i definitely enjoyed it so yeah and we talked last time we talked we talked about turkey hunting i don't think we've had you on for um a deer hunting episode um no, I, I, I think it was like turkey blinds or something we went over the benefit of using the blinds yeah, and stuff like yeah. that so yeah um so we're, we're kind of getting the the seasons ramping up i know you guys are super busy why don't you kind of give everyone a a quick overview of what your what your season looks like right now yeah it's um i mean here we are in october September, I kind of went ahead and just laid back a little bit than usual. Usually, I'm somewhere where that's filming an early season velvet hunt. Last year, I was with Brandon Jennings filming an elk hunt in New Mexico. Where he oh, yeah, that was awesome. Giant. I actually caught that episode. That yeah, was a sick episode. Yeah, man. it was awesome. But uh, October, you know, we started off early with the uh, early season here in Indiana, which went slow. I mean, between the moon and the heat, the deer just with plenty of activity, but it was all hour, hour and a half, you know, after 
sun went down. But we just took a trip, me and my son, um, over to Oklahoma, which is one of my favorite places to hunt. And to be honest, I mean, it's we got our butt kicked. You know, we're definitely going to be going back later in the season. But the same thing, we were checking game cams and everything. It didn't help. You know, there's there's kind of a, you know, little, you know, I, I guess situations or arguments between hunters, what's better with the moon and stuff. But we had a full moon the majority of the time we were down there. And I, I really think it, I think it hurt us. Um, some people say when you get back into the rut, you know, that full moons are great to hunt on. But down there, you know, 95 to 105 temperatures, um, all of our activity, a couple small does during the day, but most of the activity was all well after dark. Had mature shooters, plenty of good deer coming in, but everything was after dark. So we came back from that, and uh, we do have a cold front that's getting ready to come in. We're pretty excited about that. Hopefully these Indiana farms start to heat up a little bit. And then uh, we'll definitely get back out to Oklahoma, but that's going to be in a few weeks. So, so explain explain Oklahoma, the Oklahoma place for me a little bit. We don't we don't talk about that region of, of uh, the U.S. very much on this podcast. Yeah, it's – I'll tell you what, like – I don't really think people people say it's a sleeper state. I don't think it's a sleeper state anymore. I mean, it's you're seeing it more on in your magazines. You're seeing more. There, there's plenty of ground out there that's public ground. There's plenty of private ground there. Yeah. You know, if you look at Texas, which is you know a great place for killing great whitetails, you know, yes, the body size different, but no matter how you look at it, you know, 115 inches, 120 inches, 130 inches, they're inches. No matter where you go, you know, inches are inches. So, yeah. you know, when these, you know, down in Texas, they're killing multiple Pope and Young and Booty Crockett's. And then you look at the state just north of Oklahoma, you've got Kansas, which is another big buck mecca. I mean, Oklahoma's sitting smack dead in the middle. I, I've hunted Kansas. I've hunted Texas, too. Oklahoma, I would say... Some areas are like Kansas, but the majority of it that I hunt almost looks a little bit like Texas. More northern Texas, not really south Texas where it's so thick on the Senderos and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's it's really not a sleeper state anymore. The good thing is is the the seasons are a little more lenient. They're a little more longer. Um, the opportunity, I would say, I mean, naturally, you know, nothing's a guarantee when, when you're hunting fair chase. We didn't even have a shot. We got our butt kicked for seven, eight days. But, you know, there's not a doubt in my mind when we get back later in the season, we're going to make it happen. It's just a target, target-rich environment. And not just with whitetail. Um, a lot of parts of Oklahoma, uh, they have mule deer in certain parts now. Um, I believe there's even elk. Yeah, it's uh, a place we were in was mostly whitetail. Yeah, it's a... It's, a it's on my awesome, list, for sure. Awesome. We, we want to get down there turkey hunting. Uh, turkey, it's, it's un- unbelievable down there. It's definitely a place that if I would think about it, you know, five, six years from now, if you're going down there and try to do it on a semi-guided hunt or a guided hunt, whatever, it's very affordable now. You know, myself being, you know, um, my normal job is law enforcement, you know, just trying to make, make ends meet and stuff. It's, it's something that I could save up for and take my son and my children down there and enjoy it. Will it be like that five, six years? I don't know. Is when people start to realize how right. how great it is that those prices may, may start to go up. But if you ever get the opportunity don't pass it up. I mean, it's it's one of those things that if you hit the weather right and everything else right, it's just unbelievable. What would you say like the focal points are in that on that ranch that you're hunting? Um, what are you guys focusing on? Is it is it still food plot, it's food sources, green sources? Well, well, yeah. Well, where we were hunting, it's our ranch is a little bit different than last year. Uh, my buddy Garrett Roush owns an unbelievable 
operation down there and these new ranches that we were hunting on, um, he's with Name the Game Outfitters, is there was a lot of wheat fields. So it was kind of changing it up a little bit. You know, we got to go with a little different tactics there. They can supplemental feed down there with um, feeders or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Some people put it in the ground. Some people put it in feeders. But yep. this um, particular spot, it's just huge, huge wheat fields. And these deer in the evening start, you know, funneling the way out to these wheat fields and you're trying to catch them, you know, in the transition area of coming back and forth, which definitely made it a, a lot more challenging, you know, to get on it compared to if they were just coming to a feeder. But um, unbelievable the amount and, and the, the numbers of deer in that certain area is just unbelievable. So th- this time of year, th- they were still starting to th- – I think what made it a little hard for us too is – they weren't quite out of their bachelor groups yet. And if you notice early season, it could be a time of year where it's great opportunity. If you can pattern one and you play your cards right, I mean, what better place to say, you know, when you know a deer is going to be here, you know, hey, a deer's coming out at this time. That's usually how early season is. But you got to remember when they're in bachelor groups, say you've got four or five mature bucks coming out to a certain wheat field, all it takes is for one of them to realize something's not right. The scent. And one of them makes a decision, they all go. It's kind of like waterfowl hunting. You know, if you don't fool every sky or every eye that's in the sky, one makes a decision, they all go. I think as the days go on and they start to split out of those bachelor groups, um, yet they're not really quite yet, you know, seeking. It's still a couple of weeks away, but yet they'll still be on a, uh, that early season feeding pattern. Well, then you have bucks that are kind of separated and they're starting to make their own decision for themselves. So if you maybe mess up on one, you know, your hunt's not over. Early season, you know, even in the Midwest, if you're sitting on a green green field, you know, and you get a couple does to come out and they're, they're all hanging out and you get a, several mature bucks to come into the area, all it takes is one of them to bust you and your, your game's over for the night. So yeah, it's a nightmare. The part about hunting early season, yep. Especially when you're hunting a mature buck who you think is top of his game, but... Jeez, it's impossible to beat one of those old does too. They just they just find thermal oh, yeah. somehow. They just find your scent somehow. Yeah, you know, and that's the, the difference that I always found. Like a lot of people I know, they I don't hunt very big properties. You know, a lot of them are little leases here or there. And, but a lot of people that I've hunted with and, pe- and friends and stuff, a lot of them love early season. You know, their feeding pattern there trying to put on that weight before the rut that a lot of them like late season they know all the deer are coming out to the standing beans or whatever the case may be but it just takes one mistake and trust me i am not this great hunter i'm just blessed to be in the opportunity i make a lot of mistakes and that's why i love november so much because you can mess up you know and you never know and game's not over it's if you're in the woods you're in november anything can happen it could you can mess up on one deer right at first light and you never know it could be a, a buck that was half a mile away the evening before he's cruising through checking bedding areas whatever the case may be so i think there's more opportunities in november but yes you can pattern them less but you, you don't know and sometimes the unknown is what keeps us out there hey man you know, november's november's the way that any new hunter gets into it they just sit yes. sit in a random <laughs> spot and they see crazy shit november. yeah if you're gonna go, this is the time to do it, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. Um yeah, and I think I always I always consider that too, where it's just the guys who talk about early season, late season, how it's their favorite time. It's like, yeah, that's a dialed in managed property. You got your in and out, 
in dialed. Like you're not spooking deer on the yep. way in. You're not spooking deer on the way out. You got that prime food source. You know where they're bedding, all that stuff. So it's it makes it more difficult, especially when you're traveling. And you don't even control the land that you're hunting. You know, and, and usually, my, my season usually goes like that. Last year, um, we did our homework, and we got on a great deer with my son, early season, end of September, huge season, it killed these 153-inch deer, just an absolute giant, right here in our home state. We have a three-acre, if that, little piece of timber with like a 30-acre pasture field, and that's it. But <laughs> we had the only beans. So this deer was coming off the neighbors, coming into our beans. But usually, after early season, my October's kind of slow. Yeah. And then, you know, when that last week of October, I had to Nebraska, and usually about that last week in October through, through the month of November, that's when I, I start, you know, hopefully do it again. That's when I start to punch some tags, you know, because you've got different bucks coming in, ones that, that you've never even seen before. And like you said, every new hunter, that's what they love about November. You don't know what's going to happen, and the opportunity truly could be right around the corner. Oh, it's just there isn't a more magical time of the year to be sitting in the woods. No, that's sweet November. It's what they say. It's, it's there for a reason. So. so you guys are, so I guess kind of tell us what it's like filming for Drury. You know, you're trying to put a production out there. Like, are you guys just diehard all day? We're just sitting here all day for just weeks at a time. I think I think uh, the thing that I people mean, forget sometimes is the production, how much time goes in behind that. Yeah, you know, it, it's, you know, a lot of the guys that are that are on team of juries and a lot of people that are in the outdoor industry filming you know everyone thinks well you know this is their job and it must be nice and it's just i've got vacation you know i've got to save vacation up to go on these hunts and if it's something where you're it's not just getting in a tree and you know we try to make it sound like or make it look like when someone the viewers are watching at home that they're actually there so if the hunt itself you know the harvest of an animal to me is is literally just a few seconds. You know, it happens and, and that's it. But I always, production-wise, tr- try to film it where if if I can bring somebody on a hunt and they're excited and they're laughing and they're smiling, and I look at it like if there's no harvest, but yet they're still interested, then, then I've done a pretty good job. Yeah. You know, because if, if you take everything else out of it and you just show the harvest, I mean, that, that's literally just seconds. So, you know, we try to... You know, show the whole nine yards, everything that's going on. You know, whether you're traveling, you know, a setting of stands, why we're hunting, where we're hunting. Try to give the viewers at home not necessarily, you know, lessons from the pros because by all means I am not a pro, but, you know, just kind of tips from the everyday guy. Hey, this is what we're doing. And to this day, I, I still watch the majority of all the outdoor and the sportsman channel shows just to pick up things and say, you know, man, I, I can see he's getting that. You know, this is... So if I can keep it informative but fun at the same time, I mean, that's mostly what I like to do. Just kind of showcase who I am and what we're doing, and a lot of guys on the team are the same way. Yeah. You know? So. No, you guys are definitely in top best best in the game as far as I'm concerned. Um, no, we, we appreciate it. There, there's a lot of good guys on on the several shows. I mean, you got Bo Madness. Um, on You got Winchester's Natural Born, which is on the uh, – sportsman's channel which is a great show you know it's it's kind of everything on that show you know whether it's you're using an archery archery tackle or um whether it's firearm you know they show turkey hunts deer hunts the whole nine yards and then you have a critical mass which is one of the shows i'm on and then drury outdoors their show 13 which i think is 
the most, bar none, most informative deer hunting show that's on the network. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't even think it's competitive. I'm su- honestly yeah, surprised yeah. there hasn't been more competition that's come up from that. On yeah, the network, yeah. on the network, like there isn't really anyone like, hey, they they obviously hit a home run there. Let's let's try to compete with them. There isn't a show yeah. like that on that channel. I I, I buy a. I buy Sling TV just to have access to that series, like <laughs> yeah, the, the critical mass and that like how they how they break everything down for you and stuff, and it's just and it just truly brings you through every phase of the season, and we've all been there, whether it's early season into the October low, which is kind of what we're getting into right now, and it's um, all the way into late season. So, and it's amazing, you know the juries the the show thirteen. You know, most of that is kind of um, the family, you know, Matt Taylor, Terry, Mark, and their, you know, immediate family and stuff. And them guys are getting it done. I mean, they, they about get a harvest on their own ground about every, you know, phase that there is. So, and that comes just from years of years of experience, which I guess brings us to the, the good thing that it's been out last year. And I think it, it's a no brainer. It's their DeerCast app. Yeah. Um, that app that they have now is it's literally like having Mark and Terry and I, I can't even say this lightly it's like having them in their in your back pocket it's you could not think of any situation you can go through their picket and it's a video of them it's like them talking to you hey this is what you need to be doing during this time and I, I can tell you right now it, it's <laughs> for the next couple of years it's going to be a year's worst nightmare several people message us you know on the success they've had not only from that but just the the deer cast, the forecast on, you know, you know, you might have a day, you know, here we are working class guys and it may be a day that shows poor, but you break it down into the hourly part of that app and it may be poor, but it also going to show you the best time in that day, even though it's a poor day to hunt overall, there is several, you know, there's an hour here and an hour there that you want to be in the stand and that, that hour may be 11 o'clock in the afternoon. So, yeah, I mean, it's, Legitimately, I mean, as good as it gets business-wise, I mean, they just make all the smart moves, and then it all comes back to the production. You guys, I mean, it's they're it, they're amazing to watch. It makes everyone set yeah, by har- the their bar higher too. The the editors, um, I mean, a lot of us are just everyday hunters, you know, just like you and everyone else, and it's just we, we film as best much as we can, and we try to capture everything. But we send that footage in, and it goes to the editors there at the studio. And <laughs> magic they, they happens. They make us look like rock stars. <laughs> yeah, so the, exactly. The magic happens. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I'd see something, and the next day I'll call one of the producers and say, man, I can't thank you enough. And, you know, they're so humble. They're like, no, no, that was all you. And it's like, no, it wasn't. Because you know, when I looked at it, I, that's not how I pictured it. But you guys really put it together exactly like I was wanting it to be. It's like they just know what you're doing, and it's it comes out unbelievable. So... Yeah, I definitely some of the best in the business. Yep, no question. Um, yeah, and DeerCast, I, I'll hell yeah, man, I, that app is hit home run again. I mean, you know, and, and just to be able to see the kills right there and then as they come in, you know, to be able to get in there. And what some people may not know about DeerCast, that this isn't just the Drury's cast that's on this. It's not just us putting our hunts on there. I mean, you can get in there and there's the fans and the everyday people that you can get on DeerCast and you can post. Yeah, it's an actual like social platform. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's, it's really, it's it's something big in the industry and I really think it's going to continue to push forward. So, 
yeah, it's uh, yeah, if you don't have it, I'd be surprised most people listening to this don't, but or that they probably do have. Yeah, it, I mean, <clears throat> they have but, different types on there, you know, like the elite, the pro, and everything. And I think yeah, the, by the, the elite. One, yeah, the one that I've got is the the main elite, and it's my wife just told me it just came up again. It's nineteen bucks. Yeah, that's, dude, it's twenty dollars. Yeah, just go. Not, yeah, don't buy a twelve pack tonight. Yeah, that that's not, and that's not twenty dollars a month. <laughs> I know it's insane. Next time, when you go to the hunting store, you go to like Walmart, or whatever. Think about how much stuff you're gonna buy. Twenty dollars the entire year. You can't get a fucking and, grunt and, tube for that. You cannot get a grunt tube for that. No, exactly, exactly. So it's, I mean, it's and just the the content that's on it. A lot of guys are saying, man, I I can't watch the network. I don't get the show, and it's like get DeerCast. I mean, it may not be on it. You may not catch the live one. You're still going to catch the live hunts because after the harvest, you show all the kill shots right there and then, you know, within a day or two. But Yeah, that was a, that was the thing that I was like, holy shit, I cannot believe they're doing that. Like, you must have worked out yeah. something with the Outdoor Network, huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it was like, this is crazy. But the main part is, is like, the shows a year or so later are going to be on that app. You can You can go through that app and watch every DVD from juries or Mossy Oak or whatever over the last 30 years it's on that app right in your hands you can every single show over the last 30 years is right there for 20 bucks a year I mean what are people paying for dish and, and all the outdoor t- I mean what 60 70 80 bucks a month <laughs> to watch this stuff so oh it's it's nuts uh, man like I I'm pretty yeah, sure I bought all the digital cop like I remember buying like the download they had that like you could buy the old seasons and like download them to your computer for a while, and like yep. that was like I think it was like forty bucks, forty fifty bucks a season. And now they have all that shit just in an app. It's crazy. I, I tell you what, as much as I, I, I would let my cell cams lapse before I let my deer test app lapse. <laughs> I just, uh, it, yeah, if just, things got so bad, I don't see a scenario yeah. where yeah, if I can't afford twenty bucks in a year, yeah, I would probably be one of the yeah. last things you hold on to. And I'm yeah, sure they got a bunch of shit in the down the pipeline, gonna make it even better too. Yeah, it's they're it, it, it always constantly thinking of how to better the industry, and, and really, you know, Mark and Perry have said it for years. You know, these videos and everything that they create, and it, it's you know they always say, hey, it's for you, and it is. I mean, they they've created this app for the hunter. They there are two guys in the industry, and there's so many other great. Um, people that are involved in the outdoors but you know mark and carrie always been driven home about their you know the family hunting and keeping this tradition alive they go out of their way to make sure that there's something again that's going to keep people interested so yeah yeah i I could sit here and just talk for hours about how much i love them i mean they just do a lot for the industry they're crazy yeah, they're awesome. So they do the they do the best. They they're do. unbelievable. Yep. So. Um, so looking at Deercast and kind of with that idea in mind, what are we what 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 are you thinking coming in last week of October? We're getting into November type time frame. Like, what do you what are you starting to zero in on? Um, you know, coming from October into November, it's you know we got food or whatever that you put. But when I there's two things. I, I really couldn't narrow it down to one. But when I'm when I'm getting ready to head to Nebraska here in a couple weeks, and then from there I'll head to our little place in Illinois, 
I start to, one, you mean, pay attention hard to the cameras, but things are going to start to switch up a little bit. You're going to see scrapes starting to open up. Um, these deer, for the most part, are all out of their bachelor groups now, and they're not seeking 100% and full-out boar trying to find it, but they are trying to find the first, the first available doe. So I still key in on food source, but the food source that the does are at. I mean, I really start hunting the does hard come the end of October into November, and when I'm leaving October, probably getting a little more closer into November, I'm trying to find those food sources that are really tight to cover. So, I mean, I think anything that's, you know, tight to cover like that, um, you're kind of getting a, I don't know, you know, double the for what you want for your buck, you know? It's yeah, yeah, you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. Good. Yeah, I try not to stay on a big, like early season and, and even late season, you might stay on a big destination food source, like just where they're all coming, but... When I start to get right there towards the end of October, I can a lot on food, but the food that the does are hitting, whether they're finishing up the acorns, these interior food plots, and then when I start to push into November, I'm still keying in on does, but I'm starting to hunt a little bit closer to bedding area because as these bucks do start to seek and the does are not ready, in my mind, they start to become a pain in the butt to the does, and they're trying to find cover. They're trying to get in there and wherever the wind, you know, whether it's blowing to the north, to the south, south, to the, you know, whatever direction it's going, I try to get on that opposite side because them bucks are going to be coming down there scent checking it, whether they're scent checking food plots or whether they're scent checking them bedding areas. Yeah. If you hunt the does, everyone says that. If you hunt the does, you're, you're going to, the, the bucks are going to follow. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, I've seen it as early as October 26th, I think is the earliest I've seen like drunk running buck, like a mature buck. So, like, yeah. you can always, yeah, you know, you always have that shot to get that first kind of almost too early doe to pop, and it lasts for, like, a day. And if you're in the right spot, it's crazy. Yeah, and, and people, <clears throat> you know, people don't realize that day. Like, and, and I, I was the same way until I started hunting with some of these great people in the industry. And it's, you know, I always thought, well, this is the time you have to take off. It has to be these four or five days. You look at the calendar in November. This is when I have to be in the tree. Any other time is not going to work. You know, it's not necessarily true. When you start getting, you know, that, that new moon, I, I think, not for sure, I think it falls right on Halloween, the 31st. Yeah, full you know, moon? So that, yeah. Yeah, so you're yeah. talking that, that 29th, 30th to that November 1st, 2nd, before that that new moon and right after it, you know, some, some changes are going to happen. Some crazy things are going to happen in the woods. And then you go ahead and go five, six days after that, I mean, things are going to start to open wide open. Now, granted, usually when one doe comes in, you know, you have one doe that comes in early, and then a, but there is a time where, you know, when these does all, when they live together, a lot of them are going to start popping at the same time. So th- I think that's when people talk about a have to be in the woods then. Yeah, because the majority of the rut activity may be happening from November 11th through November 20th or something. Yeah. But there's so much more that's still going on. You know, and like you said, you could just, be in the right place where that one or two does come in and it's it's literally on like donkey kong it may only be a day and a half two days three days but you know if you're it's magical the end of october through november could be magical yeah so if you it's it's the same can't. as it's, it's it's the same as when you check your trail like i haven't had the fortune of hunting during this but it's the same thing as you'll you'll get this random day in december too or it's just like what the hell every buck 
is running by my camera with its mouth wide open. And it's the same thing, that you know first dough that pops, yep. it gets so crazy. And it's, I bet it's the same thing in December. Randomly, one will be late or whatever, and they're just they are just nuts because there's only just that one. What it is is, I mean, it's just like any, you know, whether it's um, mammals or, you know, the, the in the world, these does are all coming in the heat. Well, the majority of them will get bred. But the ones that don't get bred, their body automatically knows, hey, I'm not bred. Now they're out of heat. Yeah. Well, I don't. I think it's 28 or 29 days later. You can count it from that majority of the rut. So this year, if everyone, you know, says, "Hey, this is it," you know, and if you show back up on the, you know, 23rd, 24th of November, and people are like, "Oh man, it slowed down a lot," you know, and they're kind of, yeah, it still may slow down, but you're still going to have ones that trickle in and out. But the majority of them, and I'm just using numbers. If if that November 9th through the 14th was good, yeah. Well, guess what? 20, 28 days later. All those does that didn't catch, they're coming back in, you know, and that puts it right in that December 11, 12, 13, where, you know, you get into those muzzleloader season stuff, it could be wide open again, so. God, yeah, I just and never, that, I, yeah, I, I would I, I didn't, I didn't realize it was, they were on a 28-day cycle like that, but yeah, that, I, 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 yeah. I was going to peg that December, like, 8th through, like, the 16th, I've seen just weird, random days where it's, yep, it blows up. And that's the reason why, and. And sometimes it can be more intense in the area you're in because, you know, it's like it's like anything. You know, guys, you know, we, we walk into a bar and there may be, you know, 10 guys and you might have 30 women and you're trying to impress them, you know, hey, who's going to want to date who? And it, it kind of gets – but if you got so many women, no one really argues. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you get into that second rut. You still got the same 10 guys, but there's only five or six of these does. So it can be even more intense because, I mean, it's a race now to truly, that late season like that, a lot of times that's when you see a doe come by and you see a buck and you, and he's tending that doe and you might have four or five other bucks within 100 yards just staring with their mouth just, you know, wide open, just, just drooling. chasing and chasing and chasing. <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely, when you hit it, I, I wish everybody could experience it, a full bone. I mean, I've only... Here I do. I'm pretty lucky to use most of my vacation during hunting season, but I don't know. Maybe only a handful of times have I ever really seen the full bore wide open, you know, chasing. And it, it's like someone turns a light switch. And it literally will run for three or four days. And when I say a light switch, because a lot of times, boom, then it shuts off. Yeah. And the reason is, is, you know, that dough will stay in heat for 24 to 48 hours. And what happens is, is you get that two or three days where you're like, like, oh, the deer vanished. Well, that's really the rut. That's when they're breeding, but that's that lockdown time. And lockdown is not fun to hunt. I mean, you've really got to hunt close to cover. Yeah, because absolutely. when they're locked down, the majority, yeah, when the majority of those does are with mature bucks, there's nothing going on in the woods. I mean, it is dead. I mean, so, I remember a time where I saw, I yeah, like you said, you get a handful of these days where you're like, holy crap. I remember one time I saw <clears throat> 10 plus three-year-olds or older bucks running just throughout the whole day multiple mm -hmm. many of them you saw them more than once and i sat in the same spot the next day and didn't see a deer yep. i mean it's that it can happen that quick oh, yeah, that, yeah that's uh, a that's a that's a magical it is we're excited to jump on that where, where will you be at then end of october into november nebraska and then okay, heading back end to of october yeah, I head to Nebraska at the end of October, um, which is, that's, I hunt 
good buddy Lowell there, and it's, we've got a lease. It's really not that big of a lease. To me, it's big, but you know, a lot of the guys that have six, seven hundred thousand acre leases, this is only about a hundred something acres, but it's river bottom, so it's real long. Um, it's some good ground. You're, you're pulling deer from other parts of the property, so I'll be there that last week of October. Then I come home around Halloween for about a week, do some hunting back home with the kids, week, week and a half. And that's when I head down to our little cabin over in uh, Southern Illinois. And I'll, I'll be down there for about a, I'll spend about a week and a half there just for the gun season. I usually don't don't get a gun tag. I, my dad comes in, he's in his 70s, you know, and I'm just trying to count my blessings with him. You know, every season's a, a blessing when I be able to, he's really the one that's kind of started us all into the hunting and everything. And, I'll hunt that three-day firearm season. I'll come back, still November, you know, I'll come back for the family for Thanksgiving, about a week or so, go back to work for a little bit, and then I head to Oklahoma. So I'll try to close the season out there. But uh, I don't know. We still got December, and I, I've, I've got a few places I've been thinking of, you know, as far as venturing out to. So. Well, you got the dream, dream fall, it sounds like. Must be saving your oh, yeah. vacation up all year. Well, to, to the point, like, they, I get so many weeks, and the wife makes me save a couple weeks for yeah. the summer and the family vacation, you know. But, you know, I'm pretty lucky that a lot of my family really, like, they enjoy, maybe not all of them deer hunting per se, but they really do enjoy the whole just outdoors, whether it's turkey hunting or fishing, whatever the case may be. So, you know, in springtime, our spring break this year, we all went down to the cabin. It was We were going to go to Gulf Shores, but the whole COVID, you know, canceled everything, so... We yeah. went ahead and did some tur- turkey hunting down at the cabin and drove ATVs and had a good time. So, Well, uh, I'd say, too, if anyone follows Sean, you'll notice how good of a – I mean, just if you want to try to be a dad to model, that would be the dad to model. I mean, you include <laughs> cl- your kid. That, he's really he's going to be a freaking killer, too, by the way. He's just been slinging some oh, slobs God, now. He, he could have went to my son, like, and he's he, – his sisters are all into it, you know, our, our oldest, Grace, she harvested a great, her first turkey this year, a great one on film, and my son filmed it, you know, well, I was filming it too, but he wanted to film it, his footage was just out of the park, but, you know, he's he's been blessed to kill some pretty good deer, you know, with the firearm, and this year in Oklahoma, I mean, there was several times we had some decent deer, 80, 90 yards, he refused to bring the firearm. Um, not that he's not going to hunt with the firearm this year, you know, um, we just got him a six- five creed more by winchester so we got that all topped with what it means to do and, and you know and he's he's excited about using it but going to oklahoma he he's, he took archery tackle um he went ahead and he, he said that we're, we're gonna do it with the bow and it wow. was he was pretty excited about it he's shooting at missions now because i'm sure everyone knows uh Drew's with matthews and we're pretty excited about that so he was down there with his missions bow which is made by matthews and like he you know, and That's right, in our neighborhood here, Matthews, you know, in Sparta, Wisconsin. Yeah, he had to go home with, with nothing, and he took it like a champ. Like, you know, we're out there, we got to see rattlesnakes, coyotes, this or that, and he didn't. it didn't bother him one bit. And that's always concerned me a little bit because he's been so lucky to do so great in the woods. And But whenever there's a time that we don't see nothing, I mean, it's that kid that, you know, I get bummed. I'm used to not seeing stuff. You know, we're all hunters. You know, I'm sure you've been there, you know, day in and day out, weeks in, just no action. But when you're trying to do it with a child, you're trying to keep them involved. You know, it's like, but the only thing I can tell you is make sure you have fun. And 
every time I'd leave, it'd be like, man, we didn't see nothing tonight. Before I could even say something to him, he's already bringing up something funny that happened tonight. Yeah. Something that's a blast. And, you know, when you go home, you're like, hey, sorry, buddy. I love you, man. You know, we're long trip home, 19-hour drive. She's like, no, oh, I had fun, Dad. You know, I can't wait for next year. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like he, he gets it. He really gets it. Um, he understands it. And there's no doubt in my mind, four or five years from now, that that kid's going to surpass me as far as a big deer that he has on the wall. And, and it's not that he's, pick, he's picky. I mean, if a giant comes out, he will, and it makes me feel good. But, like, he's getting ready to try to get his first buck with the bow. And I'm going to tell you, there's not going to be much he's passing up, and which I'm glad. You know, I don't want him to get stuck in the inches. I do not want – I don't want anybody to ever get stuck in that inches game, you know. Yeah. Just got to find what, 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 what motivates you, whatever that is. Yeah, and I, I try to drive home that everybody that if there's one thing that I want everyone to understand is I have so many younger people that will direct message me on social media or Instagram, whatever it is, and, hey, hey I got this deer, and what do you think? Yeah, would you shoot him if he was you? And it's sometimes I give them my personal number, like, hey, call me. Like, I feel so bad, you know, or, it's, you know, or hit me up, and it's, I tell them, it's like, you know, well, what do you mean, what would I do? Like, what would you do? You know, and they're like, well, I'd love to kill him, but I'm not. Then, then send it. You know what I'm saying? Send it. It is your hunt. Absolutely. If we start trying, if we start trying to hunt to see what's going to make my buddies happy or what's going to make the guys that said, hey, you want to start hunting, what's going to make them press that? Hunting's going to die. I mean, we have to stop attacking people in our own industry, in the, in the outdoors. We're co- competitive by nature anyway. You're going to grow. Everyone's going to go out there and have their way, and it's they're, they're going to grow. Stop trying to force them to your level, you know? And so one thing I love about my son, one day he can go out and kill an absolute giant, and it could be the following year, and a mediocre deer to some people would come by, and he gets a crack at it, and he is just as pumped. You know, it's he's getting good. He's smart. He's great at aging deer, but he's not caught up in the inches yet, and I'm really, really blessed about that. So. Oh, you're doing something right, man. He's a... What a, he's a stud. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm very proud, proud father. So. Yeah. Well, all right, man. I know you're probably sitting in like a weird parking lot somewhere with service, so we'll, we'll have to let you go and save some for the next time we have you on. Absolutely, I'd love to be back on. Just give me a call. Um, it's always a pleasure dealing with you guys. So yeah. Um, you guys take care, have fun, and be safe this year. Okay. Yeah, you too, man. And if people want to find you, Instagram the best place for you. Yeah, yeah, Instagram, Sean Mundy on the line, Drew Outdoors. So, All right, brother. Tell him, uh, get on, direct message me. I love talking hunting. <laughs> he, yeah, he does. All right, brother. Good luck this season, and keep us updated with everything. You got it. Take care, bro. See ya.